Hello, hello, and welcome to another Toon Network match report with me, Adam. It's finished at the Etihad. It's finished Manchester City 3, Newcastle United 1. All in all, it was a fairly spirited performance. It uh, certainly... Um, had similarities to the game at St James's Park, um, particularly the first half. I thought we defended pretty well throughout. Um, we did show signs of attacking intent, and uh, Jacob Murphy got an absolutely superb goal, which I'll talk about uh, in more detail shortly. But Aguero, that man again, who seems to have scored about 400 goals against Newcastle, Gets a hat-trick, uh, the first goal was slightly debatable whether he got a touch or not, but he's claiming the hat-trick and he's a world-class striker who's put our defence to the sword despite the spirited performance we put in. But let's sort of see how he uh, set up. It was a five. There's a 4-5-1 formation uh, with Hayden being brought in alongside Shelvin Diame. Murphy was chosen over Richie on the right wing. Hosselu, um started the game. He was going to be a target man, a focal point for, for breaking on the counter, given that I think we were pretty certain that most of our football would be played in our own third. Uh, backs to the walls, uh, banks of four and five. Um, strangely, Yedlin was dropped for this one in favour of Mankiel, who came over onto the right-hand side. He had been filling in left-back uh, during Paul Dummett's absence of late. But he was favoured over Yedlin as Dummett came into the left-hand side. Darlo chosen in goal once more. And we started really positively, actually. Um, Atsu, who retained his place, broke in on the left-hand side and whipped a really dangerous ball in over the head of, of, of Edison. He, he got right to the byline, Atsu. And Jamal Sells of all people, uh, was, was, was thundering in at the back post and trying to get something on it. And it was just a sign that you know, maybe Newcastle could cause Man City a few problems, although most going into that game probably expected us to, to get beat. But I think it was just the performance that we were looking for. If we could have nicked a draw, maybe. Anything that wasn't going to make us uh, crumble, our spirit remains high um, to keep, you know, team unity together and, and confidence and belief. As long as those elements weren't shattered, because that's pretty much the best we've got under Rafa Benitez with such a limited side in terms of quality and strength and depth. But but it's straight away, and this became a recurring theme throughout the game, that every time we seem to have possession or pinned them back into their own final third, the speed at which they were able to break was absolutely phenomenal and, and, and really devastating, actually. And we really got caught a few times uh, on the few occasions that we actually pegged them back into their third you know um, the goal that came at St James's Park the Sterling goal where De Bruyne was sort of on the left hand side of the, of the, of the area about 25 yards deep and he just chipped a little ball in behind the defence hardly any room to play with and Sterling's just slotted it in at a, a quite an acute angle well, the same almost happened again. Sane this time playing on the left. Sterling was over on the right-hand side. And De Bruyne, who had quite a frustrating game all round for his own standards. I think he, he, didn't, he wasn't quite at his, at his best, although he did um, get an absolute superb assist for their first, which I'll talk about in a second. But it was, they nearly scored a carbon copy of the goal that Sterling scored against us at, back at St James's Park just before Christmas. So, 
again, there were warning signs and lots of uh, callbacks and familiarities and similarities to that game that we played against them previously. But it seemed that they they started to target Manquillo and they, used, they started to use their left wing quite a lot. You had the, the, the young guys Zinchenko on the left-hand side and he was involved in it quite a lot. In fact, at half-time, he'd had the most touches of any player on the pitch. And I think that, that tells you quite a lot about their strategy in terms of exploiting the weakness that they saw in Manquillo. And he looked shaky today. I must say he had a very, very poor game. And, you know, he managed 65 minutes and was and was hauled off after he gave a penalty away. But we'll get onto that in a minute. But they started to target our right-hand side and we, 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 we did struggle. And it was a constant theme. Um, and, and, and we just weren't able to cope with the... The, the, the dribbling, the the one-touch passes, the technique, the close control of their attacking players. I mean, it's it's just another level, really, given how they're flying in the league. And now, currently, 65 points to the good in the league, and it's it's not even February. That, that's absolutely crazy. I'm pretty sure some Premier League seasons have been won on about 69, 70 points. This is insanity that we're facing. So to come away... With only minus two goal difference from the Etihad, I think most would probably take that. Although I think we we did better than three one. I think two one would have been a fairer reflection given the, the the problems and panic that we caused them in the in the second half. But going back to the first half again, it was it was a it was a free kick on the left hand side on their left hand side again, and De Bruyne has whipped in wasn't absolutely sorry it wasn't a free kick it was open play but he had he had three I remember yeah sorry he had three guys around him three of our defenders one of them Mankio maybe defend uh, a couple of midfielders as well yeah, I think Murphy was in there but he still managed to whip a ball in Kevin De Bruyne and to the extent that had Aguero not got a a nick off off his off his off his fringe I think it barely touches any of his anatomy at all but the the whip that he got that he get, that he gets on that ball, De Bruyne. For a start, he shouldn't have been with three players around him. He shouldn't have been given the time to be able to do that. Or they should have showed him on was this weaker left foot. Although I'm I'm pretty sure he probably could assist a fair few with that. At least make it a little bit more difficult than he did for that first goal. And Aguero, who absolutely loves scoring against Newcastle, gets in behind the centre backs and he's flicked ever so slightly with his with his hair I think you know? <laughs> and it's and it's gone at the far post and it's just unsavable. I think the trajectory of that cross is probably going in anyway. So Dollar's gonna have problems. There was a warning sign slightly before that opening goal where once again we had been in their final third and they broke with assertiveness and efficiency and pace. They've whipped a ball in again from the left hand side and Sterling's standing about a foot offside and he's finished uh, He's finished the move. It's disallowed for offside. What really annoyed me here was the BD Sport presenters were saying, uh, oh, Newcastle got away with one there. No, we haven't. It was against the laws of the game. If it's offside, we haven't got away with anything. They've contravened quite basic laws of football by being offside. It's not about getting away with it. It's like saying if they just pick the ball up and just hide it in, oh, 
Newcastle lucky to get away. No. <laughs> they broke the laws of the game. It was offside. We didn't get away with anything. So hush. <laughs> okay. Um, we really, really did struggle in that first half to get any sort of um, grasp or foothold in the game. I mean, Hosselu really, really struck. I mean, we were aiming for him, but there was a couple of times the ball just bounced off his foot or came in from high and it just bounces next to him. And go, I mean, if that's Mitrovic, Mitrovic is getting pelters on Twitter for that. And Hosselu is, you know, he, he's probably uh, the most competent at holding the ball up and making the ball stick up front that we've got in the whole club. Yet, we couldn't even do that today. It was, um, it was a poor performance. I think he was he was winning some uh, headers, but ultimately, when we need to, we need somebody to hold the ball up, wait, have the confidence and composure, and then lay in people who are, the midfielders are running past. That, that's what we needed at that point, and because we couldn't do that, our possession suffered, and our possession suffers at the best of times. Even at St James's Park, I mean, at half time, you know, I think after about the only twenty-five minutes, they had had about seventy-five percent possession, and most could have probably called that. De Bruyne had a free kick. This is what I was thinking about before. De Bruyne had a free kick again from the left-hand side because they were trying to um, penetrate that side. Skied it. Kyle Walker had a shot from from distance. Skied it, and this is before the goal. So you're kind of thinking, you know, maybe they're not. Maybe they're not on song tonight. Maybe we've, we, we, we can rattle them enough, soak up enough pressure, get into half-time, 1-0, which it was. You know, they'd had 12 shots and shots at that point with only five on target. We'd had one shot on target uh, out of one. So 100% um, <laughs> um, shots on target ratio to shots taken, but not enough to beat Edison. And yes, so one of the first incidents of the second half was Hosselu, or Hoss, as we're calling him now. Hoss gets up, and Fernandinho is—he's got an—he's got an arm in his face, basically. I don't—I'll—is it an elbow? Well, his elbow was certainly on his arm, and his arm was certainly in Hosselu's face. Fernandinho goes down injured as well as Hosselu. Um, no card. Nothing was nothing was spoken. You guarantee that in that situation, that's Mitrovic or Shelby, it's it's an automatic yellow card. It's automatic. Nobody even referee doesn't even think about it. Yet Manchester City and the home ground it clearly an elbow that you know, I've seen I've seen Shearer get a red card for less than the Fernandinho. And then and the commentators seem to play it down a bit, but I think the fact maybe that Fernandinho's gone down injured just dissuaded the referee from doing anything about it but that is a yellow card challenge it should be it should be given and you know it didn't change the game of course it doesn't those kind of things don't really change the season but it's it's just a sign that we're you know we struggle to get a lot of decisions we really do the, 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 the other thing that annoyed me in the game was the fact that and again going back to this kind of decisions not really going for us in the second half, Otamendi had a bit of a... We got fouled. I think it was Diarmi got fouled. Otamendi had a massive strop right in front of the referee. And again, 
that's a yellow card. It's descent. If it's if it's Shelvio Mitrovic, I hate to bring this up again, but it's Otamendi gets. A, it doesn't even get a talking to from the referee. He lets that fly. So you know we've got an elbow to the face, intentional or not, it doesn't really matter. I think the laws of the game state that that doesn't really matter, and he's and there's shown you know open petulance and. You get nothing for it. The, the referee doesn't address that, and that's so difficult for visiting teams coming to big places like the Etihad against teams like Man City, and just not getting. You know, the only yellow card of the game was given to Kieran Clark, and that was a yellow card. There was no hesitation on it. It wasn't a rash challenge, but it was nowhere near as violent as the Fernandinho challenge, or no, you know, the, the petulance of of Otamendi. What? What? <laughs> why? Where's the consistency? Really, really frustrating. That I just. It annoys me. So, when we were in their final third, again the second half, and we seemed to perk up in the second half and be a bit more on the front foot, gain a bit more confidence, I think we felt that we needed to go for it a little bit more. We kept getting caught on the break so, so many times. To press high effectively, you need like three or four players really going for it, and we had that with Murphy, with Hosselu, and Diarmi was actually, and Shelby as well. And when we're on sort of one side, and I guess Atsu would have come into it in this, in, on the other side as well. But once, they, because they could so easily um, get past those players, pass it around, three passes time, suddenly they're on the break and in our half, and we're on the back foot and we're in trouble. And we were. I must say the bodies flying in for Newcastle today was was excellent. The, the the attitude was we didn't crumble, even when it went to three one. We didn't crumble. We I felt that we really defended with spirit and with the right application and attitude that Rafa Benitez is looking for. We just we worked hard. We just weren't good enough. And guess what? Another another break by them down the left hand side. Sterling's. Beating Manquillo far, far too easily, and Manquillo, and he has laid a, he's laid a hand on the shoulder of Sterling. It's a clumsy challenge. They both fall over. I don't think the referee has too much to think about there. It's a, it's a, it's a penalty. Rafa Benitez can't really legislate for that, apart from the fact that Manquillo had been playing really, really poorly first half, and that they had been targeting that same side all the first half. They did it again the second half, and they scored from it. Aguero steps up. Darlo, in fairness to him, got really got really close to it. Sort of dived the right way. Just wasn't enough. 2-0 and you start to think, yeah, this game's slipping away. A draw looking very, very unlikely at this point. Perez has come on for Atsu. Manquillo comes off for Yedlin on the 65th minute. That was about, about time, really. He, he really had a shocker. Um, and then two minutes later... As if by perfect coincidence and by complete surprise, ball comes into Hosselu, he sort of lays it off to Clark, who's sort of you know marauding forward halfway through halfway into the, the, the Newcastle half. And he's just played an absolutely beautiful curling slide rule ball through to uh, Jacob Murphy, who in the first half went on, you know, we had a, one of our most prominent attacks so of probably our only attack in the first half was was driven by Jacob Murphy himself so he looked he looked 
energetic, he looked bright, he looked like something might happen with him. Again in the second half, he got a couple of crosses in, he was he was active, he was really just looking to try and make things happen for what little possession that we were, that we were able to hold on to. And he's played through a beautiful ball for Murphy, and I was, he's in behind, I think it was Zinchenko. And, he, and the composure that he shows here was absolutely superb, it was really impressive. Of course, he got that great assist against Stoke as well, which ended up winning us the game. And he's got close to Edison, and he's just dinked. You've all seen it by now, I'm sure. He's dinked over an absolutely delicious little chip over Edison. It was a beautiful finish. I'd argue worth the £10 million transfer fee alone. It was superb. I've watched it a few times back, and it just gets better every time you watch it. It's, the, 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 it's just it's impudent. It's the, the cheek of it to, to go past... Edison, who's been one of the you know one of the standout goalkeepers certainly in the league this season, and I thought that was um, amazing. And suddenly, our our hard work's paid off. Our assertiveness in the second half's paid off. They're rattled. They're definitely rattled. And you know, up the other end, Aguero has a shot, curls just wide. Then Darlow, uh, there was a ball came in from Sane. Sterling's kind of. Um, reactive kind of shot has directed it through the legs I think of Clark Darlow gets down an amazing agility that he shows to get the ball and he's palmed it off onto the post I think Aguero hits the side net and after that but it was a, a you know Man City this was Man City reacting to going um, you know going conceding that goal us being within a goal of, of, of a draw they obviously went to try and fix that at the other end and they came close very close a couple of times Brilliant, brilliant work from Darlow. Has to be said, need his props for that because he kept us in it at that point. And then we, we go on another attack and Diame, sort of from the left-hand side, is, is, is sort of burst through. It's kind of like Musa Sissoko style. You, you, you know that he's not fully in control of the ball when he does. Because he's such a, a unit, he's big and strong, he just sort of bars his way through. And he sort of... Uh, he sort of turns Walker, I think it is, or Stones, whoever's on that right-hand side, and he's just trying to curl one far post, but it went near post, but Edison's have to make a save. Edison palms it down, drops it, and then he fumbles it. He's panicking, and he kicks it out. And um, I've just kicked the camera there. <laughs> and he's kicked it out, and the, the, you know, the danger still wasn't cleared, and we had another shot. So we had, about, we had a good few shots in the, in the, in the space of, a, of sort of a 10, 15-second period, and they were rattled at 2-1. They really were, and it's in its shades of when, you know, in the last ten minutes of the game at St James's, when it was only one nil, there's only one goal in it, and Gale had a couple of chances and to sort of maybe do something, and they were they were rattled. So you know, I think I feel like Benitez really did get his tactics right in both games. Really, I just think that we'd never really had the players and quality to execute what he what he truly wanted us to do. After that, um, Sane then pulled off. See, I'm, I'm torn between two things here. I don't know if Sane has just uh, performed the dribble of the season or whether that's just horribly amateur defending that we've even allowed him to do that without getting a challenge in. I guess, given that we've just given away a penalty, the defenders and midfielders that he just seemed to stroll past he breezed past them 
whether they were cautious about giving away another penalty so they didn't really want to tackle him. But the worst thing for me is that, I mean, it, it was excellent technique. It was amazing dribble from Sane. But I'm disappointed that he managed to get through so many of our players. It was about five or six that were a part of that. And that all of our players were ball watching and went towards Sane. Because when Sane pulled that ball back to Aguero, you basically had Paul Dummett at the, at the back post marking Sterling, who was free, and Aguero, who eventually netted to complete his hat-trick. Um, so that's really disappointing because I think that, that comes into it. That's a bit schoolboy. And that's annoying because we still had um, another chance to win it. Uh, sorry, to, to draw level at the end had had we kept it at 2-1. Shelby got received the ball on the, on the, on the left-hand side. Pretty much everything seemed to come from the left-hand side from both sides uh, tonight. Uh, apart from Murphy's goal, of course. And Shelby's just knocked a ball in. I mean, I, at this point, I thought that... I mean, Gale came on for Hosselu at this point. I was wondering if Shelby would come off for Marino because Shelby seemed to be pagged um, with about 15 minutes to go. He just... I mean, at one point, he was in the centre circle, kind of hunched over a bit and having to run, so he was knackered. Um, but the, the composure he showed, this outside of the right foot cross pinpoint landed it landed on Gale's head Gale's jumped too early it's gone he's, he's headed it over the bar I mean, but he was free had we got a tackle in on Sane had that ball just been better judged by Dwight Gale we honestly could have nicked a 2-2 there we really really could have done it wasn't out of our grasp but 3-1 ultimately was comfortable for Man City and there's a lot of ifs and buts but it didn't happen, and we lost, and we lost 3-1. But the important thing is that we didn't get a tonking. I mean, looking at some of the results that we've got, uh, that, that have happened today, Arsenal's beaten Crystal Palace, 4-1, tonking. Chelsea beat Brighton, 4-0, absolute tonking. 3-1, comes under. it doesn't quite come under the category of a tonking, not even a spanking, maybe um, not a drubbing, um, or any of these words, um, not a cricket score. I think it was just a defeat, a comfortable defeat, a comfortable win for Man City, um, a frustrating defeat for Newcastle, but one that we can take heart from because we did defend well. If we can defend like that against lesser sides, we'll do all right. And you know, last time we went to the Etihad, I think it was, I think it was, well, it was, was either five 0 or six one. Under McLaren um, in the league. So there's definite improvement there. And again, as with the game at St James's Park, the 1 0, we got ourselves into a position where by the 80th minute, there was only one goal in it. And we still had chances to come from that. So I think that's. I don't want to get too disheartened. I think most people had sort of written this game off anyway. We, there was some really good. Uh, Results elsewhere. West Brom were beating Everton, but they came back to draw. Draws are good. I'll take a draw. Would have preferred an Everton win there, but I'll take a draw. West Ham, Bournemouth, draw is absolutely perfect for us because they're both in the thick of it in the relegation battle with us. Stoke beat Huddersfield. I mean, we, we talked about Huddersfield possibly being on a slide. That seems to have confirmed it. Paul Lammett's uh, got his first win as Stoke manager there. That's slightly annoying for us because Stoke have clawed themselves out of the relegation zone, although Southampton have a game in hand. 
So currently as it stands, Newcastle in 15th. We are three points off top of the half. Uh, top half of the table, Watford in 10th, who lost today. So that's... So they got a bit of Leicester. So they're, we're, we're essentially a win away from 10th. And... West Brom in 19th are uh, three points away from us as well. So it's really, it's really tight. If you look at from Watford to West Brom in 19th, so that's 10 to 19th, six points separate, nine clubs. Swansea adrift on 17. So Huddersfield and uh, Brighton and Hove Albion around Newcastle now on a par. It's, it's, it's anyone's. It's it's all about... I mean, this, we've, our next home game in the league is against Burnley. We're going to have to go for that. Burnley have been... Their form has been not quite as bad as Watford's, but as a team who started strongly, they're starting to slip. We expected this would happen. We hope it continues in the next game because I think with the confidence that we've got, and I think Murphy absolutely has to start today... Jacob Murphy, my man of the match, and I mean, even before he scored, I was trying to think in my head, who's man of the match for Newcastle here? And I thought, Murphy seems the one most likely to have done something. But then I kind of laughed in my head because at, the, at that point, we hadn't really created anything. We hadn't really had that much possession. We hadn't really done anything to sort of warrant somebody being man of the match. Um, Darlow made a couple of good saves, but ultimately I think... I was kind of leaning towards Jacob Murphy anyway. The goal sealed it, sealed the deal for me. He must start because I think Richie's form has dipped. He looks maybe fatigued. I think a break would do him good. I think we play Murphy against Burnley and he'll scare the life out of them. If he can scare Man City, he will definitely scare the life out of Burnley. And we need to be trying to be proactive because a win there really puts us in a good position. It really, really does. Obviously, before that, we have the FA Cup fourth round match away to Chelsea. Piece of piss. Dead easy. Get down there. Get in the next round. Back home in time for tea. Fantastic. Dead easy. So, I'll obviously do a video after that and see where we got to in the FA Cup or whether it's going to be another season under Ashley not making it past the fourth round. Although... This time round away to Chelsea, it is quite a big ask. I guess it depends if Conte fancies resting some players, although their second team probably going to give us a good game as well. They're, they absolutely destroyed Brighton today. They looked fantastic and fully expect a very tough test in the FA Cup. So I'm not holding my breath for that either. That's possibly another write-off game. But if we can battle like we did today against Man City, like we did in the first 30 minutes down at Stamford Bridge, in the league, although we did get a Tonkin in the end, if we can scare them with an early goal or something, break on the counter attack, have our wingers causing problems, who knows? No, nobody knows. You know, I think really there's a lot of belief in our squad still, despite what's happened with the takeover or not. What, despite the fact that we haven't had any transfers in, and it's, I mean, at the time of recording. It is the 20th of January. And what was the significance of the 20th of January, I hear you ask? Yep, that's the date that Rafa Benitez wanted all of his January transfers signed by, in, and ready. That's not happened. 
Um, I think within the last two days, he's possibly had a conference call. He's had a Skype with Mike and he's told him how much money he's got or to get some deals done. Thanks, Mike. About a month too late, mate, but um, cheers anyway. Good good ownership while you're, uh, you're off on the piss in Vegas, as I believe he was. So always looking out for us. Thanks, buddy. Cheers, man. Um, so it's going to be a really tough 10 days or so to get players in, players that we need to strengthen to guarantee that we stay in the Premier League next season. It's imperative. I can't see us signing anyone significant for, for significant money. I think you'd be looking at the loan market. Absolutely. We've been linked with um, a defender from Galatasaray, Ndai. And we've also been linked with a young right-back um, from Italy, if Juventus, I believe, is under contract at. So there's, the rumour mill is continuing. We definitely won't be signing James McCarthy um, because he got a broken leg today. So commiserations to him, but that's one defensive midfielder that we absolutely won't be signing, of course. Who knows? I'd, I'd, ultimately, for me, the biggest thing is a striker. And we need to be targeting strikers, and I've said this on the previous video, and the previous video, and the previous video. Targeting strikers who are out of favour at their clubs, who want to play in the World Cup and want game time. That's the market we need to aim for, and we need to just be bold and go for it. If we got someone like a Giroud, brilliant. If we got someone like Batshuayi, brilliant. Players like that, if we got a storage, could be injury prone, but it's someone who can finish, you know, finish a move. I don't know. I've maybe come around to the idea of storage if it's literally anybody we can get in, but I don't expect that to happen for wages and for whatever reasons. So, big, big 10 days ahead. January's huge for Newcastle. By the end of it, we might have a clear indication if we, whether, we not, whether or not we think we're going to stay in the division with the squad we have, because that's it. Once the transfer window shuts, we, we, we play with what we've got. And I think... We basically have to just have the mindset that we're not going to get anybody in and anything else as a bonus. That is where we're at in Newcastle United at the minute. Championship team trying to slog it out in the bottom half of the Premier League. It's not what Rafa wanted. It's not what any of us wanted. And the sooner Mike Ashley gets out of the club and bows to any bid, reasonable bid, sensible bid, logical bid, based on actual investigation and valuation of a football club, then the better chance we have of actually being able to fulfil potential and doing something and be able to progress as a football club. Thanks very much for watching. My little rant is over. There'll be another takeover update coming out very, very soon on this channel. So please subscribe so you don't miss that. That's going to be huge. I've been Adam of the Toon Network. Really, really appreciate all your comments. So please get them in below. If you're listening on iTunes, please give me a rate and on SoundCloud as well and get some comments on there. Be happy to answer anyone's in the next video for the Chelsea game. It's a di disappointing defeat, but I still think we could take a lot of positives. We've still got a really, really solid goal difference in the bottom half of the table, and that at minus 12, and that is gonna, as I keep mentioning, is really gonna be important come the end of the season. 3 1 to Man City, but a spirited defensive performance and a superb goal from Jacob Murphy. That's really going to lift his confidence. Man of the match for me. Thanks very much, everyone. Bye-bye.